Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now entering the DGTC. Are you ready for a deep dive? <laughs> and one get most of the crap. Can't believe I said that. I've been doing this since 2008. What the fuck do I know? Drawing hands is like kryptonite. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's Welcome to the DGDC, a united team of design professionals creatively bound to bring unique inspiration and uncommon perspectives. You can email us listener questions or topic ideas to hello at dgdcpod.com or check out our website, dgdcpod.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at dgdcpod. Plus now you can join in on the conversation. We have a Facebook group. Just pop onto our website and hit the community tab at the top. Now, on with the show. All right, guys. Well, we are back for another great interview episode. Um, today, we have Bill Kenny from Focus Lab. Mm. And we were so... We just finished it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, we are, it's fresh in our minds, right? Yeah. Um, we, we, we were really inspired by something he had posted, uh, this great line about proceed with courage. And we thought it meant uh, a lot. He tells us a little bit more about it. But it was a great one for to kick off the year, right? And to kind of start fresh for 2021, right? Yeah. Totally. And I mean, the guy is just profoundly good in this area and what Focus Lab. I mean, if you haven't heard of Focus Lab, one, that's insane. And two, definitely go check them out now because their work is substantially like it's just it's it's some of the best stuff I think you can it's find incredible. on the incredible. It's, it's really high well quality done. work. Yeah. And if you kind of geek out on that. That, what that a sort of top-notch class act guy to have on the show. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of takeaways with this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, but really getting into like the sort of structuring of the brand and the core values as 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 the creative side of things, not necessarily mm-hmm. always for the client side, was really cool. Mm. Yeah, uh, figuring out how because they, they kind of just recently restructured their core values as the, as an agency. Yeah. And tons of actionable things that are relevant to folks like us, yes. or or if you're working in a big team as well, I think it can you know, kind of cover about everything. That. Because yeah. if I were still mm-hmm. a, a creative agency from years ago, I can see how I would apply and talk with some mentors or some project managers or the CEO in house and just share yeah. some I, of yeah. these takeaways. Totally yeah, agree. I was thinking about that. Yeah. So make sure you listen to the very end because Bill oh is going to share. Uh, one of the best little promos, and it's not even a discount code. It's basically a free ticket to their entire offerings online. Yeah, ticket yes. drop. Yeah. yeah. Man. It's the best coupon I've ever seen on a podcast. It just is. Sorry, we win. Yeah, we're not yeah, overselling that's a, it. That's a victory. Thanks, that's a win at the end. Be sure to listen through. Yeah. Yes. So take a listen to our interview with Bill Kinney from Focus Lab. All right, guys. Well, we have a great guest today coming on board, and it all kind of sparked from something uh, we'd seen him post on Instagram, and it was such a cool little saying to kick off enthusiasm and positivity for this next year. Uh, please welcome our buddy Bill Kenny from Focus Lab, right? 
What's up, Bill? Hey, <laughs> hey everybody. Hey, everybody. How's Dude. it going, Bill? It's going great. Happy glad, Friday. Yeah, glad to have you on, man. It's been a, a while. We talked to God back in the end of 2000, I believe, 2020. It was. Yep. And uh, we're finding yep. something to kind of, you know, uh, have you come on and share some insight on. And um, there was a really great post that you did. And, and I shared it with both Jordan and Mikkel. And we, we all had this like instant thumbs up of there is a title for a podcast. Um, I'll let you even introduce the whole sure. meaning and kind of where it came <laughs> from, what sparked this quote and everything. But tell us a little bit first about you what you do, and then we can get right into that that fun quote. Yeah, great. Um, so my name is Bill Kenny. I'm one of the co-founders of Focus Lab. For the people that don't know who the hell Focus Lab is, we are a 10-year-old brand agency. Uh, we specialize in B2B. So B2B branding is our world. That's our bubble. Um, like I said, we've been doing it for 10 years. We are 20 people now and growing. Nice. So we're at a what I consider a, a good size, but we've still got people wearing multiple hats. So a little bit more growth will help us be an even more well-oiled machine. Um, we never aspire to be a giant agency. We want to be small and specific and crafted and those types of things. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's the short story. <laughs> Bill, this is such a small world. Do you remember Mighty AI working on their brand? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've been, I supported them for years prior to them becoming AI, and before, of course, before they got bought out successfully by Uber, and um, that's how I. That's how I learned about you back in 2016 wow. for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. such a small world now. So we just, and we also just did a rebrand, uh, just rolled out two weeks ago for Deputy. Um, it's a giant company in Australia, but now like breaking into new markets. And a buddy that I grew up with back home that lived like three streets over that I don't really interact with, you know, it's like a <laughs> long distant dude from a long time ago, hit me up on LinkedIn and was like, hey, I use that app. Hey, that app icon is now in my menu bar. Like, pretty cool that you guys did all that work. And I'm like, man, wow. the world is so small. That's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. That's how that's how friends and colleagues and family finally figure out what we do. <laughs> if, yeah, if right. We've made it to their home screen. Honestly, that's right. honestly, you make, you make favicons. Well, yeah, exactly. Bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll we'll talk a, a little bit more at the end. You got to stay tuned to Bill's going to offer a an incredible uh, kind of freebie discount amazing thing to some incredible assets on their site at the end of the podcast. So thank God for that. Way to keep them locked in. (laughs) Some really good stuff. It's kind of like he's opening the keys to the candy store and uh, you guys are going to have a ton of good stuff to kind of use and uh, be a part of your, your, your own business. But let's talk about this, uh, this quote and this post and where it came from and, and, and uh, it stemmed from something that you was a core pillar of your brand, right? That's right. Um, uh, One of our core values. Specifically, yes. So we have. Um, I, w- I won't go into detail on in all of them. Well, one of our core values at Focus Lab is lead with courage, mm-hmm. and why that is important to us is this idea that the branding process is challenging, right? <laughs> like growing a business is challenging. Communicating with all different types of different personalities, both internally and externally, on a project is challenging. So you need this ability to be courageous. You need this ability to be able to like lean into those moments because if you if you can't, it's actually going to be quite a challenging world or career for you uh, in our regard, right? Yeah. Like you need to be able to lean into those conversations. It doesn't mean that they're bad; they're just not always high fives all the time. You know, there there are these moments where you're like, I got to lean into this. I really got to like break this open, and that takes mm-hmm. courage. So 
Um, so then how this card transpired, which I'm going to show in a second for the people that will view this, is we get to the end of last year, 2020, COVID year. Wow. Like, do I need to explain how <laughs> crappy that year was for just about everybody? Yeah. Um, so we wanted to send something out at the end of the year to both our peer network or like peer community and also to past partners just to say like, hey, we know that this year was rough. But we want to set a tone going into next year. And we didn't want to do just a generic like, you know, here's some chocolates or, or something like that. So we leaned into our core value, which is um, lead with courage. And we made this card and hopefully it'll focus on it well and not me, um, <laughs> which is proceed with courage. So proceed into the new year with courage. And we put that over this word caution, right? Proceed with caution, like, Ooh, no scary. Mm. And we chose to overwrite that and say, no, proceed with courage. It will be challenging. It will be scary. Mm -hmm. Those are just true. It just depends on how you're going to react to that. So we're saying react with courage, not caution. Mm -hmm. uh, and I won't get into the script on the back, but it's, um, you know, it just talks about that idea basically. Yeah. So that was something we sent out. We're a big, Fight the fight, lead with optimism. Yeah. Life is hard, but again, how are you going to react to that? So this was our way of kind of like putting that out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Did it, did it help kind of, I can only imagine like, even though you're doing it for the external people, right? The clients and everything. How did it help maybe even just internally? Like I can, like, I'd love to share that with people, you know, uh, to in, help get them ready and get into a good mindset for 2021. Yeah. So I think something that we do really well at Focus Lab is internal culture and mindset shaping and, and all these types of things. So I, I wouldn't say that this card was necessary to get the team <laughs> going in the right direction. Yeah. But it's always like extra confirming to have all these other little bits on top to say like, oh, and we made this card. And now this card's going to sit up <laughs> on my bookshelf in the back all year or longer, you know, so it, it will like be a constant reminder. Yeah. Um, I think if anything, we were more happy just to get it out there and say like, this is our view. Come follow along. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned sort of this this design, or not design, but the company culture. And I'd love to dig into that more because I think that's something that agencies, it, it must be really harbored well. And I think Focus Lab, you guys do it, I think, better than a lot, at least from the outside in looking in. Like, um, it seems just so put together. But I'm wondering, you know, how do you, as you develop these core values and you're building a team, how do you ensure these values are met and like translated from each member, right? Or like, are they something that you guys have to collectively constantly like exercise like a muscle or just remind each other or like cultivating that seems like it's one thing to develop it. But I think the hardest part is right to execute genuinely throughout the sure. company, hiring yeah. different people that might not be fully aligned, right? With every single thing. So how do you sort of, yeah, cultivate? Yeah, that this is, there's an interesting story here and, um, and hopefully this will translate well. So so when we started Focus Lab 10 years ago, we came up with what we called our, our standards. And we had a series of posters and we kind of added to those over time. And ultimately, we, we ended up getting to maybe nine of those things that we've learned along the way that we said, OK, these represent us. Yeah. Fast forward eight years and we start to go through a process of um, onboarding the idea of EOS, which is um, a concept from a book called Traction. Uh, EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It is a framework for running your business. We recognized eight years in that a framework would be really helpful. We're really <laughs> good at the creative. We're really awesome people, 
But yeah. you need that, like, what's the third check box, which yeah. is how yeah. do you structure a business and how do you run meetings and, and more like the logistical aspects. Absolutely. So, so we get into that book and that book says you're going to critically look at your core values. So we have an EOS implementer working with us to go through all the processes of the book so we can implement EOS within our organization. And he says, we're going to retool your core values. And we go, whoa, we're eight <laughs> years in, man. Like, we love our core values. We, we yeah. hashtag them everywhere in Slack. Like, we know them all. And he said, listen, just let's, let's go through the exercise. I think it'll be fruitful. And if you land on the same one, it's cool. But at the, at the start, it felt like a butcher a little bit to it you. It felt like we didn't need it. It just felt unnecessary. Okay. okay. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the actual tactical takeaway and how we got to the ones that we have now and why they're actually easy to execute on. He had us go through the exercise and say, um, of your current team members that you would consider current, actually current and past team members, of those team members, what are the like personal attributes and characteristics and values of those people? Like what made them great and why were they great at focus life? So you go through, you hmm. label out those characteristics and you're nice. like, okay, cool, cool. And then you do the opposite. Um, of the people that didn't seem to succeed at Focus Lab for whatever reason, what do you think the characteristics were that were working against them? And after we did that, he basically plainly said, those things on the right side of the column are what make you you. You're telling me that if people have those traits, they absolutely succeed here and they bleed the DNA of this organization. That's probably your list. Now let's see what lines up to your other ones. Yeah. So we did that whole process. We chopped some things out. We we basically like um, we melded some of them and just refined the language. Now we have six. And those six things are the things that make our team members great. Amazing. And because we went through that process, it wasn't like everyone had to adopt a whole new like ideology about how we operate. It was the things that already made us great. Yes. We can just label them clearly now. On top of that, we measure against them year over year to say like, hey, team member A, B or C. How are you rating on these six core values? And EOS even has a process for that and how you do ratings and you talk about it. And, um, so there, there's, uh, I could spend half the podcast talking about just that and or EOS, but there's some, there's some insight into the core values. Yeah. What a discovery. And, and I think you, you said a really pointy thing where it's like when you're developing these core values and especially with like clients or anyone, like, having ones that are genuine to what's already there right. is key, right? Like you can put out anything you want uh, and it looks great on paper, but if they're not genuinely lived by or like not everyone's beating to that same drum, well, then they're kind of just, you're wasting a lot of time and effort on mm. maybe something that isn't yeah. there. And I, and I have to assume you guys going through this transition, how helpful that was with developing, you know, branding for clients and taking through that process yes, as well, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, this idea of like gaining clarity of yourself, right? That yeah. is the branding mm -hmm. process. That's and it's so that's hard. Kind of, that's the gist. It's yeah. so hard. It's such a challenge. What a fabulous exercise! Isn't that and great? And I love probably it. eye opening for for. Many. It was really good. Yeah, it's like you know, did we come out with things that I would have never thought of? No, sure. But it was really mm -hmm. like it was. Super it was right in front of you already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know it's, what? This feels like a far more impactful and just better exercise than those corporate ones where they label you based on whether you're alpha in between or mm -hmm. you, you know those ones that are just but this was this was specific to you guys and like That's when right. you Very. said you were Jordan you had a great question like how did you adapt to the new ones and leave the old ones you they were already that person they were already that That's trait right. so yeah 
And then I think, did you find narrowing it down to six was probably even better and more focused? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a huge proponent of that. Like, how can we get to the shortest distilled version of anything? It's just easier to remember. It's easier to act on. Uh, It's more powerful because of those two reasons. So, yeah, yeah, that was a fantastic exercise, as well as EOS in general Mm -hmm. being really pivotal pivotal within our business. That's great. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like doing that. Right now, even just for myself. <laughs> yeah, I was just you know? going to say, I mean, Bill Bill is speaking from a team perspective mm-hmm. in-house with his organization from which he is he has leadership. You can run this effective exercise Absolutely. as a sole proprietor. There is no harm. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do want to make sure that we merge for a bulk of our listeners that yeah. run their own studio solo how this can be impactful all the same i'm inspired that's a great inventory i think you can look at clients past and present right and see who stayed who's who's not with you anymore and maybe kind of take the same formula and figure that out and that tells you a little bit about who you are as a solo entrepreneur right yeah um not to go too far maybe Off the rails, but you know, you're right. Like what you're saying, like anybody can do this for themselves. There's a great TED talk, which maybe a lot of people have seen that are listening, but start with why, which is the Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Um, like really you can good. do that on a personal level. He uses Apple as the example, but you can absolutely do that on a personal level and to like triple down on it. The core values of your organization or of you as a solopreneur, whatever, like those are not marketing taglines. Right? You're not just like saying stuff so that people are like, oh, cool, like I get them. Like you should be saying what is true to your core, and then mm-hmm. it's up to them to figure out if that's actually what they want yeah. or not. Right. This is not like a facade. You're not posturing to look a certain way. So yeah. you're just showing your authentic <laughs> cool. self. And they either like it or they don't. And that's the yeah. best type of way to go through that. Those sort of fundamental truths that are right. your parameters as a as a being. This is like yeah. the kind of work I want to do and how I want to approach it. Like and everyone has those inner compasses, those moral sort of guidelines. Yeah. And that's like, but they're, they're, these sort of exercises, I think, are healthy for anyone to really mm-hmm. figure out, like, what do, like, I, I have a pattern in my life. Like, I make decisions based on something. Like, let's figure out why. Like, let's mm-hmm. dig into that. And yeah. I love any sort of exercises into making that really transparent. I think that's awesome. That'd be a fun follow-up to do like a little, give everybody a bit of a form to kind of do yeah. that evaluation on their own. And you before know? and a- after. Yeah. Yeah. How did we do at the end of the year? You know? All right. Mm-hmm. Make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh-huh. Let's uh-huh. let's get into this 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 idea of when you did this, this you've changed that thing to proceed with, with courage. Yep. And you started looking at the current clients. Let's talk about those those things that you did so our, our our listeners, our friends can kind of say, wow, what can I do with my current list of clients to kind of put out this courage thing and, and kind of see how it works? What 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 works for you guys? Yeah, so this was true and will main it will be true for longer than this card, which is the idea that when clients are engaging with you, it takes courage. Mm. for them to do it right they're going like mm-hmm. i don't really know this person i'm gonna like <laughs> engage with you. Sure. it's kind of like it's pretty costly to me and i don't know exactly <laughs> if it's gonna work so within that whole like relationship especially when it starts yeah there's this there's this kind of like courage bubble barrier almost and i think it is important and i would say that we do this well um, as well 
is to help facilitate the, the client, the customer through that journey. Don't be the stonewall, well, I'm a designer and this is what I charge and this is my time. And if you don't like it, like take it. Like nobody mm. really wants to engage with that person. Like these people are taking a leap of faith. They need a little bit of like maybe some therapy along the way. Hey, this I is what we're going to do. Yeah. This, is, this is how we're going to help you. We know this is yeah. nerve wracking. So yes. I would say that the courage goes both ways. Like lean into, the, lean into their fears as well and give them courage to say like, I know this is scary. I empathize with you. There's another big word yeah. there to connect with that person. That's I kind understand. Of holding hands. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the relationship a client wants, right? And that's the one that we preach hardcore. We say at this point, working with Focus Lab, getting quality design is table stakes. That is no longer a separator within the industry as far as we're concerned. At the level yeah. that we operate, our work just has to be great. Okay, we can't preach that one anymore. Great, cool. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. do we preach? Uh, one of those things is going to be this intangible of the like, we're going to be just as excited and empathetic and scared and all these things about your project as you are. And we're going to help you through all of those emotions because you're going to have them. Yeah. And do you want to yeah. work with a partner that you don't really know if they're going to help you through them or a partner that's telling you straight up, we're going to help you through them. So I think there's courage in there as well. And I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but I think that is important to the beginning of a client relationship. Well, and I love this idea because if you dig into that space just a little bit, like I do, I feel like you're right where in order to have courage, there requires some level of, of the influence of trust, right? Mm-hmm. So like whether that's in yourself getting over a fear or whether that's through the guidance of others, which is sort of this relationship, like it's interesting taking that perspective from the client creative partnership where both parties can become more courageous once that level of trust has been established. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I'm wondering what are some of those things you find that really effectively help build that blanket, uh, that strong relationship mm-hmm. with a client? Because that's, you know, garnishing that level of trust. I think you're right where that makes the biggest difference in, in, in what we do. You know, mm-hmm. you're right. Table stakes is like good design. That's there. If it's not, you know, it's maybe not part of this conversation, but like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it's, it's really building that partnership on that level of trust. And, and you're right. Like, it's a leap of faith for a lot of clients. Like we're going to put our hands and our product or our business or our brand or our finances in the hands of like another person uh, in order to like take that leap, you know, where does that influence of trust come in? Or how do you guys really build that at the beginning? Are there things that you find that work really well? Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say this is like a playbook for us, but again, totally. it comes down to the DNA of what I think makes humans good, which is be vulnerable, be authentic, mm be trustworthy. You know what I mean? Like those types of things, people want to deal with a real human. And if that takes vulnerability, which actually takes courage. Yeah. To embrace. Now you're getting somewhere, right? Like people (laughs) don't want to just be told everything's going to be all right all the time. They don't want to be told we're going to knock it out of the ballpark for you. They want to be told, Hey, this is going to be challenging, but we're going to get through this together. They're like, that's something they can get their arms around. And then you start to build trust. That card, right? Like getting that card. If I'm one of your clients and like I, I receive that through this hellish year we've had, that's exactly, I think, fits so well into what you just said. Where it's, mm-hmm. We're in the trenches. We're here alongside you. We're sharing in all the stuff you are. Yeah. Let's get through it together. And I that's, have that's that little, level of trust, um, the partnership. little typography piece that's super simple just next to me. I need to look at it more, but it it is... Uh, somewhat married to what we're talking about this moment. And it is, um, everything will be okay. If it's not okay, it, 
it's not the end. So you have to keep you have to keep moving, and That's and right. it's not all going to be positive roses, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But and that to applies proceed. to so so many things in life, yeah. of course. It's like but the, that's the proceed part. <laughs> like, that's like, the proceed part. It's the stay, yeah. co- you know, uh, stay calm and carry on. But it's also like, <laughs> yeah, right. but that's that's not giving you any any direction of what to do after, right? Like it's like that's why I love the okay proceed. Like we can, green light is on, but do it courageously, and it just adds up. I, I love that you said too, dude. That like I never thought of the client side of it being courageous. It's so not that I'm, I'm completely oblivious to that, but it was such a good thing to hear that. Yeah, they are putting so much into it as well. And I think like, I know for the three of us here, the, the, the company size we would technically work with, you know, that's a, that could be a lot of money to them. You know, this is a huge part of their budget and it's every company obviously. So maybe in, in percentage, it kind of does kind of relate but that's an interesting yeah. way to look at so it. So you're on something that's really important too. So if I try to think about, you know, if a lot of the listeners are solopreneur, freelancer, kind of uh, that style, that that could mean, I'm not going to try to paint a huge stroke here, but that could mean that the people that you're working with, if they've got that budget, that is like their own personal money. <laughs> they have a, like a high stake in that dollar that they have like, that's like coming from their personal bank account as well opposed said, to... Yeah. Um, let's say a Marketo, we worked with Marketo, fantastic project. That's coming from a huge company budget. Yeah. Right? So when that person is shipping that money, they're in a different department. They don't have an emotional tie to that dollar. Like, like it's a mom and wallet. pop that's saying yeah. like, I'm going to spend 20 grand with you, arbitrary number. I'm going to spend 20 grand with you. And this 20 grand is like coming out of my savings account. Yeah. I'm going to have to refinance is, my house or something. Yeah. You need that's to empathize sticks. with that. And, and yeah. it yeah. is really important to be to be aware of that scenario because that actually adds to the dynamic. You can't ignore that dynamic. That's going to make decisions harder for them. That's going to make the the project, you know, if you want to get as like a a bratty designer harder or challenging, (laughs) but like that's the reality of the situation. Right. So like help them through that. Yeah. And again, too, like so many times we hear that, uh, and, and I think we all battle those, this, how do we, how do we, elevate the cost? How do we elevate the price or have that conversation with them? Let's say we've gotten more uh, robust in a certain area or a particular capacity, and we want to kind of examine that each year, right? This is a good time to start looking at pricing and everything. How do you have that courage in asking for either more or showing your worth? Yeah. So that is, um, Mm -hmm. I have a specific story that I'm just thinking about on the spot. didn't, didn't come with 90 things that I was prepared to say. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. It's more organic that way. Love yeah, it. yeah. That, I yeah. prefer it that way anyway. So so back in the day when it was still very early, it was just me and Eric. Uh, so maybe call it like a year one into the business. Eric was out of the gate faster than I was from a – had a bigger following. He was a developer. He was embedded in the Expression Engine community network and climbing that network fast, which was giving him confidence in both his ability and pricing. I wasn't – at that point yet. I was not on Dribble yet. I did not start to have a following. I was still a, a local designer for local shops, mm-hmm. which just, you could only kind of garner a, a certain price point at that point before they're like, yeah, get the hell out of here. You're like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I had, there was a, there was very specific times where Eric would be like, Hey, we've been in business for a year, year and a half. We're going to up our pricing. You know, we're going to go from whatever it was, you know, $50 an hour to 75. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to lose half of our clients, man. <laughs> like, this is really scary to me. Yes. But Eric had the courage to say, 
I think we should do this. Like, I actually think the risk reward is is not as bad as you think it is. We will lose some, but in turn, we'll be at a better price point and we can, can have, you know, less clients and make the same amount of money, you know, all that type of like logistical business stuff. And it worked. With, and we didn't lose anybody. So much so that one person, one of the, one of our larger clients said, yeah, you probably should have done that a while ago. And I'm thinking like, yeah. Oh, like yeah, she legit said that, and I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. wow, we probably left some money on the table, but that's fine. We're learning, we're growing a business. Mm-hmm. So by the next time we had to go from you know 75 to whatever 125 an hour, I was a lot more comfortable with it. You know, like yeah. all right, shoot, let's give it a shot, let's roll with it. So I guess like, what's the moral of the story there? I guess the moral is you got to start doing it at some point. As yeah. soon as you do it and you realize that it is not detrimental to your business, it's going to make it easier to continue to do that. Having said that, there's going to be a ceiling in certain plateaus as you go through your career. You can't just be upping it $50 an hour every single year, or you actually yeah. are going to find your pain threshold. Um, yeah. So do it within reason, but understand your value. If I was going to take that further, I would say your value is not just pinned to how good your design is and how many cool clients you've worked for. If you're going to sell yourself and get that dollar, you better be doing all the things we just talked about. That's people right. skills, humanity, yes. authenticity, all the intangibles that people are like, well, shit, like you're going to be more, but I want to work with you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They're going to start pricing you into the equation. So that's it. That's actually a lot easier way. Right. Instead of just saying like design, design apples to apples to yeah. some clients, it's going to feel like that. So, so that's yeah. another way to drive your price up. It's those extras, right? Yeah. It's the things that you, what have you, what do you do if they do, you know, you, you feel you've got all the extras and you've done all that, but they've questioned maybe that, that, that raise in the, in the fees. How do you, how do you address that? Listen, like you're not going to please everybody and that's fine. It doesn't mean you're right and they're wrong or they're wrong and you're right. It actually makes no difference. It's, it's just, this is our businesses. This is our business and this is what we need to charge. Mm-hmm. Good. And if you yeah. need something different, you need something different. That's totally cool. Like, we respect that as well. Yeah. If you don't have the money, you don't have the money. What am I going to say? Man, oh, you don't, that's you don't value that's, design. Like that's gold. <laughs> like this doesn't that's, need to be a so personal gold. battle. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I don't know how many in the beginning back and forth there are where you just bend over and accommodate one person after another. That's not a successful business. Well, that's not setting a right precedent. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. starting off is so tough. Where I, I, I think a lot of this is just this evolutionary thing where. I mean, starting off, I was kind of the same thing, Bill, where like I had clients, For sure. I didn't end up getting projects because I was underbidding, right? Yes. And I just seemed like, yeah, oh, right. I don't know, man. And, and and also just finding the value of when you cultivate that relationship, everything goes smoother and, and right. really the importance of that yeah. throughout the project. But yeah, it really does take that like time and then getting that Definitely. courage kind of comes with the confidence of, okay, I've oh, done a few clients yeah. now and like, I'm seeing how successful this ended up working out or like you know, you start to realize, well, it's not just design I'm providing. Yeah. I should be, you know, charging for well, the value I'm bringing j- beyond that. Doesn't it jive so heavily with the more people that you expose yourself to? Like with, I'll just take Mighty because we start talking about them a little bit. I was a part of their family. Mm. You know, the, I had exposure to the mm-hmm. product designer, the UX designer in-house, all these platform engineers. Well, if I hadn't established that relationship, one person could have made the decision to let me to let me slide. Well, if others are going to be at the table fighting for maintaining that relationship, all the better, right? Sure. Yep. And sometimes you don't have full control over that, but you can learn to encourage, oh, I would love to talk with that person. Any chance we can schedule a meeting? You know, whatever you have to do. 
it just pr- provides that long-standing relationship so beautifully at yeah. times. Yeah, it's you are building a relationship. Things. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. That's backfired for me sometimes in raising prices because I was I was considered family, and, and, you know, oh. with a group. Do you know I, I I have had many where it was just like what you said, but it's funny how every every situation is it's never cookie cutter. That's with right. This thing no, it's and, so nuanced, and there's yep. got to be and so like. I guess too, like, you know, we, we've had a lot of conversations of the value-based, obviously, as opposed to hourly. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. for a lot of younger designers and maybe folks that have been doing this for just a few years, it's hard to make that change. So yes. you know, what can you speak to as the value-based pricing as a yeah. as an <laughs> advantage? And let's yeah. just put it hands down. That's like the way we all should Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love this. And now you've just made me realize all I've done is say we went from this an hour to that an hour. Uh, let me be super clear. We do not charge hourly. Exactly. That is that exactly. is not how we roll. That's the early days of being a freelancer and or yeah. back of house and, stuff. And, and really right. just understanding like we didn't know there was any other option. Yeah. That's just kind yeah. of what you did. Yeah. You were happy someone was paying you hourly yeah. to make business cards because it was more than you made hourly to work at the restaurant. You know, so That's, it was yeah. like right. yeah. that was the level that you were at. Now it is so clear to us that value-based pricing has to be the way that you operate. Um and for what a few, uh, a few key reasons here. When there's a couple, there's a lot of conundrums and one really specifically, when you get down to this hourly bucket, you're operating under this weird world, which I can use all these very famous, like, how long did it take you to draw that on the napkin? Oh, it took me 30 years because <laughs> yeah, I was a master yeah. painter. Like, yeah. you know, like all that type of crap. <laughs> like they can't, you, you don't want a client expecting that hour is equal output because it yeah, just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't operate that way. And yeah. also... The risk is on them at that point, meaning the more time you spend on it, the more time you eat up their money. So they're the one basically taking on the risk in a way. That's right. When you flip that model and you say it's a value-based pricing, we're going to give you a set price. And if we go over, we are accepting the risk unless whatever, you know, there's a change request and there's minus out of scope, some stuff there. But like all in all, if we tell you the project's going to be 50K and Everything in scope, we did it all, but it, it we actually it, it cost us eighty k to do it. We're gonna swallow that pill. That's our problem. So that removes the whole how much time did you spend on it, and that also removes the risk of the oh you spend too much time and now I'm yeah. losing the dollar. So or we yeah. just we only do twenty hours. Yeah, but in your example just now of that eighty grand that scenario that you just painted that you internally spent where you you're at risk. But doesn't that equate to your internal personnel team's time and effort associated yes. with any given task and subtask? Yes. Yeah, so, so where do so, you draw the? So here's the here's the difference, and I guess I would I would also say before I go into that point, um, in a value, if you can get good at your value price, pricing model, you win most of the time. I hate to say that, like God forbid, if clients listen to this and like this is not a win lose thing, but if we're yeah, just yeah. going to talk dollars and cents. If you price well in a value world, you can actually put in less hours, create an awesome outcome, and actually, if you crunch the math, charge the higher dollar amount per, per hour technically, so that when you do lose here or there, it's not a big Covered. deal, right? It all yeah, washes out. There's a safety out. net. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I am speaking to this fact of like, well, what if we go over in hours and all that? So you, in, yeah. in, this, in this business model, you're still tracking hours because you, from a business perspective, are... are um, you're trying to capture your own margins, your own productivity, yes. and your own efficiency as an organization. But that does not need to worry the client side. Yes. You yes. are just saying, I pay three people X. It takes them this long. 
we need to charge more on these projects because we're actually losing money mm-hmm. from a business perspective. So, so yeah, I, I see what you're getting at. It's like I'm talking about hours on the backside, but we're talking about value pricing. You're still doing both of them. Yes, just internally okay. and sure. externally. You have to measure yeah. both. You have to measure both. Because <laughs> yeah. well, that, yeah. that value base has to come from somewhere. That's yeah. right. We recently went through this case scenario where we had to substantiate the overage for additional funds, whereby I had to I had to reflect the time where it wasn't projected, there was scope creep, nobody could have anticipated that, and it went directly to the CEO. Like, how do you legitimize those arguments to support the extra funds? Not that this happens all the time, but there are yep. those instances where, you, I mean, like we were saying, no projects is the same as another. That's not apples to apples ever. So in that case, I did have to substantiate the time associated. And and with that did come some billable. Yep. It, they had to be able to calculate. Did they take the time to study that? I don't know because I still just bucketed yep. as best I could. Mm-hmm. But what, what would you suggest in that type of circumstance? Or what do you do in those yes. types of circumstances where you have to revisit scope? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're very clear from the beginning that like everything we're giving is it is an estimate per se, but we're going to live up to the estimate. But if A, B, C, D, and E, you know, whatever those mm-hmm. might be, like you add things, you take maybe two weeks to get your feedback to us, but we didn't yeah. account for that two weeks in the timeline, which pushes the timeline. Like any conversation that starts to stretch what we feel like is within reason, we just cue a conversation to say like, hey, this thing that's happening is going to affect either time or money. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And then when you talk about it, you come to the plan. Okay, we need to add these things. Great. Are you willing to pay X more for those things? Great. We send a change request. They sign off on it. We add it to the back end of the total cost of the project in the total timeline. Here's the most important part in this perfectly aligns back with the courage thing. I'm actually, I didn't get to show this yet. <laughs> this is a beautiful courage patch. The Cowardly yeah. Lion courage patch. Yeah. We give out <laughs> we, we give out patches <laughs> internally to our team for our core values. Our team members earn these basically, and they're awarded by other team members for doing core value related things. So that's the lead with courage patch. Um, You need people on the team that earn that patch to handle those situations, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is, it takes courage in a weekly meeting to say, damn, they just asked for that thing. Yeah. And it's going to take me like two extra hours and they're really nice. So like, do I want to bring it up or do I just want to suck it up and do it? Totally. But then the problem is like you've set a precedent. So then like in the next week they ask for something else. That's like four more hours. And then what happens is you don't bring it up until the sixth week. And then they look at you like, what gives? Like, I thought this is just how we operated. It (laughs) it makes that conversation conversation so much harder. So what we do is we put a lot of ownership on the team and especially the project managers to say, Yes. If that is happening, you need to speak up because what we want to do, it's funny, like we, we preach this a lot. You want to protect the project from those situations. It seems like by speaking up in that moment and maybe saying, oh, we can't do that. You're the bad guy. But what happens is you're actually the real, real bad guy at the end when the whole project is sideways and everyone's pointing yep. a finger at each other. So yep. so speak up early so you don't have to get to that position. Um so that's how we handle it, basically, by, again, being authentic, being courageous if it takes that, mm-hmm. just to say, like, hey, that's out of scope. We have we have also 
we've processed a lot of the stuff in our business. We want to be a well-oiled machine as we have new team members come on. We don't want them to constantly like, oh, I just have to learn courage, right? Like we need them to know yeah. like, <laughs> what is in scope, what is out of scope, what does that technically mean? Yes. Uh, so we have documents that actually say, if this, then that. If what this, is- then that. Like if they're asking for something that's more than an hour, yeah. queue up a conversation. Mm-hmm. If it's under an hour, we give you discretion. You can decide if you're going to do nice. it or not. Those types of things. Yeah, which the, these things and, and it kind of all comes back to like how you know pricing is always the number one question I get mm-hmm. or anyone gets I assume right and yep. it, it, there is no concrete answer because it's really particular and situational and it's just so nuanced. But the biggest thing is like well, you have to figure out your own process in order to uh, give value to anything. Like one, you have to understand what you deliver and how you deliver it, and most importantly, like it's that how where if you feel like you're constantly you know dealing with scope creep or like you're getting these questions and you feel uncomfortable right now maybe you're early on like i was in that place where like i felt uncomfortable asking yeah. for more if they were asking for more you know right yeah mm-hmm. but the, you know i kept going forward and, and and adjusting my proposal and i put all these if then then or you know yep. if this then that yeah putting that in your proposal having that discussion yeah. before you even get to those and it's never a done project i'm always adapting or changing things dependent on what the job is but it really is like the value of understanding your own process and what that looks like, how long things take, and then putting that into the proposal or the scope of work yeah. or whatever it's going to be, that project, which is very hard to do. But that's something where I think a lot of freelancers, they just if you get on that train early, I think you'll end up being successful. Absolutely. Yeah. There's things yeah. that you can work on. It is not, how do I make UI sexier, right? I hate to say it. Like, <laughs> yeah, people, exactly. Maybe that's a hot take. Not really. But like... That's not the area to grow that's going to really elevate you like um, exponentially, Mm -hmm. right? Like that can only get so good. But man, if you can work on those, like I'm able to speak up, I'm confident, I'm also authentic, I'm also vulnerable. Like if you Mm -hmm. can work on those things, you are really now climbing the ladder. You are going to make both both a fantastic solopreneur, freelancer, and also a fantastic team member if you ever embed yourself into a team. Sure. That's, That's where it's at. Yeah. That's so great for the individual person to consider the vulnerability and all that too. Because I think we are all, if you're a solo person, you're striving to be the company, right? And yeah. you might, your, even your dialogue, even your conversations, uh, you might stretch to try to be something you're not. So he, I think hearing that thing about being authentic, having those, I know any moment of vulnerability I've given has come back and, and helped. Thousand probably percent. make them understand the situation better or yes, whatever. That's you know? right. Yeah, and helps Which build is really that trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. What what about this courage now and you're taking it into a new client and how you're prospecting and your your collaterals and stuff? How do you communicate that now to someone who hasn't even met you? We've talked a little bit about like maybe current clients and ongoing and our pricing changing. What about the new people that you want to bring into the mix? Well, I guess it goes back to, so I think there's two ways to think about this and I can't remember if I'm going to be jumping ahead here, but, um, I think it does, yeah, it goes back to this idea that comfort, you know, this is going to sound, it does sound like we're in like meditation therapy here, but right. Like, (laughs) it's okay. It's like, namaste, namaste place, (laughs) place, (laughs) comforting the client as they come in. Giving them the courage, letting them know like, hey, let's talk about your project. Maybe I'll poke some holes in it. Maybe you're asking for the wrong thing. Like I need you to open up and be vulnerable Mm, with what you're asking. Like let's have courage together to really talk about like what are your true pain points? Like all that stuff is really critical to us in the sales process. Um, 
but again, like, you know, it's easy to say in, mm-hmm. in a 30 second clip in a podcast, but like yes. doing it <laughs> sure. is completely nuanced and not everybody needs to hear it. And some people yeah. really need to hear it. So it, it kind of just, it just all depends. Yeah. Do you ever find, and feel free not to answer this question, but do you ever find situations where the client, I mean, you're the one making the decision maybe not to move forward with the project because maybe the client is online with your guys's, you know, core values as, as this brand company, right? Like maybe yeah. you just, it doesn't feel like a good fit because yeah. that takes, I mean, I've had to do it a few times and that is hard to say no. One, it's hard to say no to, you know, yeah. income or capital of any kind, yeah, right? Totally. But, right? But you start to get to a point where you're like, man, I've, I've done enough of these like really problematic projects and this is already feeling like it's some, something's conflicting with like how I operate. And, you know, figuring that out, I mean, do you, as, as an agency where you have a lot of people making decisions, I'm wondering, like, there must yeah. be some sort of collective, like, filter or, or you know, where do you, when you get to that point, which I assume is infrequent anyway, but, you know, that, that's it's, something It's where... not. It's actually more frequent than you might think. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's still... So, yes, to your point, it, it takes courage to say, hey, we don't think you're right for us. And we're able to do that in a lot of different ways. We might just say... Sure. You don't need to spend what we charge. Sure. Go with somebody else. Like it's yeah. it's just not what you need oh, that's right so now. Genuine, yeah. Or you know, they seem like they're going to be really not great to work with. So you find yeah. a slightly nicer way yeah. to say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, like we do that fairly often. Thankfully, we're blessed. Like we have enough work come through that we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit more choosy in that way and look for the people that are more like us. Um, and then when we fill up, we have to, you know, turn other people away or we just say like, nah, not for me. Also easier said as an agency that has a cash reserve and, and mm-hmm. like 10 years of stuff in its past, sure. you know, as a solopreneur, you're like, yeah, but I need work, dude. So like, yeah. I'm going to take it. That's fine too. Yeah. I, I'm down for the grind. I did the grind for years and years and years. Yeah, that you will evolve past that and you will get to the point where you need to say no. And I think it's very much like the pricing. As soon as you start to do it and you see that your world doesn't fall apart when you do it, you're like, hey, that's a new tool in my tool belt. I actually know how to tell somebody I don't necessarily want to work with them. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I think that also gets easier. And I I don't want to pin this to like an age thing, but like I feel like I'm at the age now. I'm 42. I still care a lot about people. But I also mm-hmm. care about the life that I'm going to end up living by the time I'm like getting put in the ground and I'm going to choose my own destiny. And if yeah. that means I don't want to work with you, yeah. then I don't want to work with you. That's right. You know what I mean? Like at some point <laughs> mm-hmm. it just boils down to that. Um, yeah. So, so well, and, and what comes with years of experience comes confidence. They're in mm-hmm. tandem with one another. I'm 42 as well. And I never was making these concrete decisions or running projects the way that I had been 10 years ago. No way. I felt small. It's under your belt, right? That's right. Yeah. It's like, you got to start putting those notches in your belt. And whether you start doing that at 20 or 40, like Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like the age is not important. It's the fact that you've done it. Like you've got the calluses on your hands and you're like, okay, I I get it now. Yeah. I know where the lines are. I've seen them. Yeah. What was the year that you started out on Uh, on your own creatively? Oh, gosh. So a focus lab is 10 years old now. That would put us at, what, 2011? And I was freelancing probably for three years before that. So like late 2000s mm-hmm. was, you know, and I'm doing that for three years. Like the straight up hustle, like telling people like, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, your invoice, you know that one that's due? I'm going to save you time. You don't even have to put it in the mail. 
uh, parentheses, because I need that money really bad right now. Right now. <laughs> I'm actually going to drive out to your house. I just happened to be in, in the town. And yeah. I'm wow. going to pick it up. Just put it in your mailbox. You know what I mean? Like, I've done yes. the whole grind. There's no there's no facade here of, like, what it takes to grow an agency. and Of course. Yeah. I've done, I've done but, all that shit. Yeah. Like, I get it. I, I, yeah. I empathize with the people that are like, I need that check. I got to take that project. I'm just saying you can work forward and eventually that's you know it's not the same reality over time it's it's unfortunate sometimes getting the confidence comes from being in a moment like that where you have no other choice Mm -hmm. and but then you're like hey if that's what it takes to get you to be that courageous and say uh need it now you know what else are you gonna do you got no other option that's right (laughs) it's like we tell anybody who says they got burned in a contract it's like well write a better contract like you know, or whatever yes, it is that is so you, much my mindset i can't tell you to make the best one until you probably get a little burnt yeah. and now you're going to understand whoa i need better safety nets i need better things like that so with Would, all those things come that confidence you know? i know right. that this may may be tricky to understand or recognize now but do you think that you would have initiated the business without that partnership with eric at the forefront mm. Or do you um, think that team aspect question. between Courage the two of you numbers, is what, what brought it? <laughs> um, I I wholeheartedly believe, and Eric does too, that we would have both done what we're doing. It would not have been nearly as good. It just wouldn't have been. We are equal parts would've. to the magic that both of us mm-hmm. together, because it's like one and one is three kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we make each other better and more powerful than we are alone. Um I am very much a team person, though. I don't necessarily like being in the spotlight. I don't want to be at a bunch of conferences just talking about me. I'm very <laughs> much a team people type of person. Uh, I'm an Enneagram 2, if y'all are familiar with Enneagram. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I would have had people around me regardless. It just so happened okay. that I got Eric, and both of us were off to the races, and it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That balance... That of that marriage sounds yeah. like it was necessary. I mean, yeah, it was. I was. I'm. I'm the classic like talk a lot, don't prepare for things, um, <laughs> like stubborn, persistent, just keep going without a lot of details. It will work itself out. Like endless optimism. Um, and Eric is more of the like plan, detail, measure twice, cut once, slower, more of an introvert, and we balance each other really well in that way. And I think, I think we've actually like. <laughs> Eric's going to listen to this and be like, what a weird statement that is. I think in a way we've kind of blended into one, meaning I've become more detail-oriented and focused. And, he, and and I would say maybe he's absorbed some of my natural whatever it is um, on his side too. And now we've become um, better because of it too. And maybe That's you great. didn't recognize this 10 years ago before you launched. No, you wouldn't. Maybe you, wouldn't. you took a chance, hoping oh, yeah. it'd go okay. That's right. And then you now you recognize your strong suits right. and where which, you rely on one another. Which comes right. back to courage, right? <laughs> like starting a business. Like, oh, oh hey, you yeah. want to start a business. We, I just put out um, – so for the listeners, it will be um, a couple of weeks back now. But if you go through my LinkedIn feed or in, maybe any of the other social – me and Eric just recorded a YouTube video talking about those early days. Our first oh, date at Applebee's. Oh, oh nice. Um, and like, you know, oh, what a the idea that I was like, let's do this. And he's kind of like, whoa, slow down, dude. Um, <laughs> so you see that dynamic playing out in that yeah. story and like how we got oh, here. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, can you imagine if you, if you, if 
someone had recorded those moments through the mm. whole process of the 10 years. And you, oh you, almost, could, you almost could see the shift of where you merged to his <laughs> yeah. side and vice versa, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. much more naturally. But what a great talk that's got to be. And I, of course. Yeah, until you yeah. reflect, you don't realize some of those things. You're like, man, sometimes you keep your, you're kind of like, what do they say? Like nose to the to the grindstone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're grinding, you're grinding, and you're looking forward, you're looking forward. And in those moments where you can stop and look back, you're like, yeah, shit, I climbed a whole mountain. I didn't even know I climbed a mountain. I just kept walking up yeah. the damn thing. Um, yeah. So what, what did you learn the those most? Moments. What did you learn the most with that retrospect? Oh, man. I mean, that wasn't the first retrospect that I think that we've had. You know, we, we often take some time to look. We even do it company-wide, oh, yeah. too. Like, we tell we talk about the history and we have laughs. Um, what have I learned the most? Uh, there's a statement that I think is really great, and this will actually apply to everybody here, and I'm going to butcher the statement, but it is the, like, um, you won't achieve as much as you think you can in one year, but you'll achieve way more than you think you ever could in 10 years type of thing. Mm. I love that. And that is absolutely true. Like in a one-year basis, I'll look back in 2022 and go like, eh, I don't know if we hit everything that we really wanted to hit. But in 2032, yeah, sure. I'll look back and go like, holy, holy yeah. cow. Like, I can't believe how far we've come. So I think that just goes back to this idea of like, just keep fighting for progress. Nothing has to be perfect. Me and Eric didn't know exactly what we were going to become right now when we started that thing at Applebee's yeah. 10 years ago. We just knew that it was worth taking a leap. It was worth being courageous and just like trying something. Great. It was low risk, right? I was like, yeah. well, what are we going to do? Our crappy jobs? That, well, let's not say crappy. Our, our, <laughs> our jobs that we were doing at that point, are we going to like try for something different? We try. Yes. Yeah. Courage, right? Do, do you, you know? have that Applebee's napkin with the, with the sketches <laughs> no. of your you know, focus lab logo? That would be amazing. So we, uh, that would we, be worth framing. We do talk about oh, yeah. this a lot uh, in the company because everyone knows the Applebee's story now at Focus Lab. We talk about this idea that on our 10-year anniversary, which we're not, we didn't do anything together because of COVID, but like, sure. would we rent out like a part of an Applebee's and just have yeah, like, no, of course, have like an Applebee's party. <laughs> hey, maybe now you can. <laughs> oh yeah, we get it for real cheap now. <laughs> it's for yeah, it's for sale actually. That's so cool. It's for sale. Yeah, new office ho- headquarters for mm. uh, Focus Lab. <laughs> what, what um maybe we can end on this whole idea of like you mentioned it right at the very beginning, but the intangibles and the things that like are above and beyond what we should be delivering and, 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 and knowing. Um, w- w- I know you mentioned you wanted to kind of end with that kind of note and something there. Yeah, I think what I was going to end with is, and, and I, we might have just done it, really, so this might mm-hmm. be repetitive, um, sure. which is this idea that, like, you do not have to have the perfect plan. You don't, this is also me speaking, and I'm not a huge planner, so maybe, like, look at it through that no, lens. this is great. <laughs> um, you do not have to have everything figured out to be making progress. You just need to be, you know, put one foot in front of the other. That's right. Like, just start doing the damn thing, and you're going to learn yeah. along the way, right? Like, you learn from your failures, and you course correct. Like, we still do that. We, you know, we've learned a lot in the past two years of, hey, we need to do EOS. Hey, we don't need to be doing that other service anymore that's not serving us well. We need to be doing this other stuff. So you're constantly... You know, the line does like this number, it swirls around, mm-hmm. it doesn't go straight. So it, I, I'm really a big believer in that. Like, just keep on fighting for progress. Get up when you get knocked down. All this motivational 
bullshit. Yes. I don't know if we swear on this podcast. You could swear, we did, uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, y'all had drama yeah. on, right? So, like, I'm sure he covered that. <laughs> uh, so that set the whole tone for the next year. <laughs> yeah, dude. So Cash I think that's, that's the courage card, right? That's the courage yeah. card. Like, to say, like, oh, okay, I don't need to write my perfect plan. Oh, like, I don't, I don't need to know if I'm going to have a partner in this business or if I'm just going to solopreneur it forever. Who cares? That's just right. like, just yeah. work on some core things that progress you and... and I might be totally biased in this too, but I think things do tend to find a way to work out. I would have never, like if I look back now, I was reflecting on like, how did I end up in Savannah? And like, if I had never ended up in yeah, Savannah, I was ask that. like that stuff yeah. will trip you out if you go down that path. If you really sit yeah. on that path for a minute, you'll be so tripped out to say, if I didn't end up in Savannah, I wouldn't have met Eric. Focus I wouldn't exist. I may have never met my wife. Like what would I be, like literally what would I be doing right now? Where would I be and what job would I have? I would like to think I'd be doing okay, but I don't know what is better than what I have right now. I feel yeah. like it's pretty damn fantastic. Um, so yeah, well, stay at the grind. Sort of, yeah. Like again, being courage in, my, in the most boiled down term for me is like it, it's sort of being challenged or facing something you're uncomfortable with, but still progressing towards it. Yeah. Like that is a hard thing to get, mm-hmm. and everything we've talked about is really just blanketed under, under that circumstance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I think, I mean, this has been super inspiring for me, just taking part me in the too. conversation. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about it so much because I even told you, Bill, like I give this word to my students all the time. And it's like, it's easy to pr- say, but to practice it, man, mm-hmm. I just want to start taking it into everything. And, you know, in, in any any moment where you think you might have lost or dropped the ball or done something, uh, fire back. And this is a great way to think about it. That's um, right. And, and do it for you, do it for the business, do it for longevity, do it for that next level that I think everybody wants, right? It's small wins too. You can't, mm-hmm. you cannot be saying I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to work really hard. And in six months, I'm going to be kicking ass, right? <laughs> it's like, it's all the yeah. micro wins that you don't even realize along the way. It's the whole idea of like, you got to go to the mm. gym for three years before you start to actually look good. Um, yeah. you know, it's that type of thing. <laughs> But man, when you get there, you're like, all that work paid off. Mm, micro wins. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent, dude. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about what you guys are offering for them yeah, and how they can yeah, take yeah. advantage of it, dude. This oh. is fantastic. Uh, so, so some people are like, I don't care about any of this motivational crap. I just <laughs> want the coupon code. Uh, so, so the coupon code. So what is this coming from? So Sidecar is is actually one of our older ventures um we are not continuing to put new products into that but for years sidecar was our kind of asset library where when we made things that we knew were valuable for the design industry specifically it's pretty much design in there um Mm -hmm. we said let's make them and 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 sell them basically to the to the community um so what we're going to do that that site still exists and there's a lot of stuff on there there's brand style guide templates there's a bunch of like really high quality um assets of of all different types in there we're going to give a coupon code today help me not butcher this up dg dc all free so it even rhymes dg dc (laughs) all free all one word uppercase lowercase doesn't matter when you use that you can literally go in there and download anything or everything you want from the entire library, just just take it all, just have it. That's insane. Do what you want with it. Uh, <laughs> this is the first time I've heard. Like, it, you know, funny enough, like I have two of those psycho products <laughs> from years ago, and they were so helpful for totally. me, like figuring out how to put together a proposal deck or a pitch deck or, or you know that template factor. Like, 
that's amazing. That's one incredibly generous, and two, those Dang. things are so helpful. I mean, I they definitely shaped a lot of my early stuff. That's that's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, so I'll just yeah. I'll I'll add why that is important to us. So the our focus lab why basically like why we exist. Uh, what we have narrowed that down to currently is um, to unlock the potential in the people around us. It is that simple. Mm. We're unlocking potential in our clients. We're unlocking potential in our it's team. A great motto. And we're unlocking potential in anybody. So in this moment, yeah. hopefully those assets help to unlock some of that potential in the people that are going to download them. Amazing, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, I held that surprise because I figured. <laughs> I knew yeah, you, you didn't say like, What the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's so good. And and then can in closing too, can you speak a, just a little bit in summary about why the naming? Um, Focus Lab? Focus Lab, yeah. Can oh, you God. share a little bit about that? Yeah, so this would be really easy. Um, okay. <laughs> When you start a business and you're like, hey, our company's called Ideal Design. For, well, so our company, that was like what I was operating under. I was operating under Ideal Design Firm or Design Okay. Um, okay. as a freelancer. Eric was operating mm-hmm. under Designs by Eric, which is funny <laughs> now because he's a developer, technically. Uh, we yeah. realized that we needed a name that was not um, pigeonholing us to design, right? Like we knew Ooh. that we wanted to be able to pivot and change and adapt and evolve. That. So we we got hooked onto this word focus. We like this idea of like focusing in and being like really selective and being really clear and powerful and all the other things that focus might mean. But you can't call a company like ours focus, at least in our mind. Like there's like focus media, like all the like the big yeah. filmmaker, like focus, whatever their company is. So we're like, we need another word that can like be ours. We, we landed on lab. Um, I can tell you that we never loved it. And I would say that we probably maybe that was good. Yeah, like I'm, I'm like indifferent, quite honestly. Like I, I don't care about the name. I wouldn't say that I love it. I do love the new brand that is about to drop. Um, Ooh, really, in Q2, the new Focus Lab okay. brand. And why I think that is more important, and why I love that, because it actually has more meaning that is impactful to who we are and our customers. The name Focus yes. Lab is still just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like it doesn't. Really that's, but mean that's much. everyone naming anything. Like no one's like this. Yeah. Is- fucking amazing like so so that's kind of how that whole thing worked out there's no glamorous story there that's one of our least glamorous stories the funny thing (laughs) that url was the url was available focuslab.com it was available we had just gotten our first office we were like whoa this is really scary we have rent now let's wait because somebody was sitting on it and it was like 1500 bucks we're like oh we don't want to spend 1500 bucks let's wait we waited like a month and a half and we went back to get it and it was gone so that is why we have the URL focuslabllc.com, yeah. which yeah. we also, well, I say also, that one alone, we do not like at all. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the name is fine. The URL, we do not like. Um, so the URLs are going to change. We got a whole new, we got a new thing I'm going excited. on. excited. That's great. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's such good news. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, In a meeting just this morning, um, there was we were rolling through new brand identity domains to grab and somebody had to look up the pricing of one just on the fly. Oh yeah. And it was 30 grand. It yeah. was, it's amazing what people, Easy. Will which is not domains. even much. Yeah. We just finished a project that client paid. They said they paid six figures. They even wrote that in their blog post. I don't wow. know. Six figures is a hundred K or 400 K. It's just amazing. But, yeah. I mean, but it's the, it's where Makes we're, the gen, it's where we're at now and digital. First it's, re- world. it's real estate. It's real estate. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Bill. What, where should they go for that? Just so we know, uh, for the, what's the URL? 
Oh, the coupon, right. So I feel really bad right now. If not, just give it to I mean, I could put it in the show notes. Oh, it'll, but, it'll be linked no matter what. Yeah, yeah, link yeah, it. Yeah, link I it. Just, now yeah. I'm, I'm second guessing myself, we'll like, is it .com? Is it not .com? No, no, no. Um, it'll oh, be in the don't worry about We'll link the hell out of it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take care of it in the notes. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> find the link in there. Um, yeah, I would no, also perfect. just say, like, follow Focus Lab, at Focus Lab, LLC on some things, and at Focus Lab on others. And you can follow yes. me anywhere, like literally anywhere at Bill S. Kenny. That's K-E-N-N-E-Y. That's my handle on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Dribble, everything. Yeah, nice. reach out to Bill. Let him know what you guys thought. I think it's been just like such eye-opening stuff for all of us to start this year off. Yeah. Uh, we're, getting well, a, we're getting a crash course, man. Yeah. Well, And <laughs> like if good. anyone's in the mood to get really inspired by case studies, I think Focus Lab oh, probably thanks. does them better than honestly anyone. It, it's it's really, really solid stuff. That <laughs> Truly, man, like the story from A to Z, you get to see the process shots. Like you guys capture that that whole evolution so well. Uh, so we'll link to everything, of course. But yeah, definitely give that a shout out. Thanks. Perfect. Thanks again, Bill. Okay.